All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clifton Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 169. It is our first pod of the new year, 2021. We're going to break down the Clippers' 50-point loss, some surprises around the NBA, and why do the coaches have to wear masks? It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like Ludi us. I do have something to say, so you got to give it up. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast. We are back in studio. This is episode 169. Almost about to hit that coveted 170. <laughs> I don't know why, but coveted, coveted 170 spot. Uh, we left on a weird note last week. <laughs> Uh, that Drew is adamant about that we need to talk about, and let's just get it out of the way, Drew. Yeah, well, if you guys recall, on the last pod, we were we were giving our salutations as you were getting ready to turn on the Clippers against the Mavs, and that turned out to be a historic game. Uh, NBA history was was made on that day as the Mavs went on to whoop that ass by fifty points, and so I figured it, we we just I I figured you should comment on it. We don't have to spend too much time on it. But what do you think, like happened in that game? I'm glad I didn't. I wasn't able to watch the game. Right, you had some difficulties. Thank God, thank God for a friend of mine, Jeremy. Uh, Hulu dropped dropped uh, the prime ticket for the Clipper channel. Hulu doesn't have it. Sling doesn't have it. It's only AT and T. I'm not switching over to AT and T. Drew and I tried to work through his Cox account so I can watch games because there's no point in me living on Earth if I can't watch a Clipper game. That's just ridiculous. So, anyways, Jeremy, my homie. Came through with the fire stick and uh, gave me his login to the AT&T account. So I get to watch Clipper games. But it happens. Like, I wasn't that upset about it. I don't think – what's the history part of it? People have lost by 50 before. I the think... history is the first half. Okay, that's what it was. Down. It, yeah, you, okay. guys, you guys were down by 50, and the team had like that you play, were playing against had scored more than 70. It was a weird statistical anomaly. Was I happy about it? No, not at all. Sure. <laughs> but, but again, this shit happens. And it was one of those games where it's like literally nothing is falling. And they went up by whatever, 20 quick. Super quick. Super quick. And then it's kind of like you're clawing your way out of it. And when nothing's falling and everything's falling for them, yeah. you know, it just happens. So I wasn't, I didn't think it's like, what's, what's crazy to me is how the media just ran with it. It was just like, ah, oh, pandemic P, here's the same old Clippers. They're, they're not doing shit this year, blah, blah, blah. And then we come back, we you know we we win by twenty in both of our next games, minus last night, which we'll get into against Utah. But no, I'm fine. I, I'd rather you know what I liked, Drew. I liked how we got our ass kicked. We had a day off the next day, and everybody wanted to practice, so we had practice on the day off. Well, good. That's yeah, that's a good response. No, it, it, it's what you should do. Right. And, and again, I I don't like losing by that many, but it, I wasn't concerned. Like, oh shit, our whole season's over. Like. And then what's funny? Plus Kawhi was out. Like he Kawhi, Kawhi did not play. He didn't play with the stitches in his mouth. And then everybody's like, "Oh, well, they can't win without Kawhi." And he is a big part of our of our team. Of course, obviously. He is. Yeah. Um, but then nope. The thing that was funny is like the following night, the defending Eastern Conference champions come out and they lay an egg and lose by forty seven to uh, Milwaukee. And nobody says a thing. Like nobody says a damn thing. But the the whole world is falling when when the Clippers lose by fifty. Why do Why do people hate? the Clippers so much? Is it that they hate the Clippers or they just love to see them lose? So I, I think that certain fans of teams 
really enjoy having the Clippers be bad so that they can say that their franchise is better than this team. And it, there's a familiarity to having a team always be bad that makes you just feel good about your team, right? So, like, for instance, if you're, like, a Chicago Bulls fan who haven't had much success in the last few years, you still like saying that the Bulls are better than the Clippers because of the rings and Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and some of the other success they've had. I think it's I think it's something along those lines. I don't really know. I, it's interesting, though, because I, a lot of the Clipper hate comes from Laker fans. I've never really hated the Clippers it, because we've always just been like there's been no reason. There hasn't been much of a competition. Now, the last 10 years has been a lot different. Um, and I, I hopefully we'll finally get that Lakers Clippers playoff matchup that we that we were hoping for begging for last year. Um, but there is definitely certain teams in sports people root for them to lose. And I think Clippers are just one of those teams. And that's, you know, I'm fine with that. And the, <laughs> the amount of DMs and like people tagging me in posts about it too. Yeah. And like people are hitting me up like, are you watching this game? Like I want everybody to know something. I've, I never miss games. I've like literally never missed a game. Um, so I'm watching the game. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I took it like a champ too. I went on live that, that night to talk about it because people were flipping out. But again, we came back from that win with a 20-point 20 20 point win over Denver, and then we got Portland by 20. And then, uh, you know, last night's game against Utah, we were down 20 twice in the game, but we only lost by six. You know, I saw a lot of I, – I, I, I think people should take stuff away from losses too. Like, I want to see the fight in the team. The coaching was really well. Again, I, I liked how we went down 20 but got it to six. You know, they were just making more shots. So you're going to lose games. It's going to happen. And Ty Lue said, like, whether you lose by five or 50, it's an L. It is what it is. Right. Um, and we're going to get that ass on the ne- on the next trip. Going into that game, Luca, this is the greatest stats of the week. <laughs> Luca and Ubre are shooting the worst, like, in, in history right yeah. now from three. Uh, take a guess what Ubre uh, – from three is right now. Yeah, he was like one of thirty-one or something like that. <laughs> He's shooting four point eight percent, and Luca's shooting nine point five percent. Yeah. So, anyways, he didn't hit. I don't think he hit any in that game either. Right. But I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. Yeah. I don't want to see it again. Well, that I mean, it. I think anytime someone gets blown out by a fifty, everyone wants to talk about you know that's a big margin. But really, you know, getting blown out by twenty and getting blown out by fifty are not that far away. It seems like a lot, like a huge gap. 30 points. But honestly, like there's always going to be that moment, especially in the NBA where there's 72 games. And you know, this is just the beginning of the season where everyone just kind of goes, well, it's not our night. Right. And the Clippers, unfortunately, I think the, the, the thing that most people are drawing attention to is, is the fact that they let it get to 50 points and that they didn't, you know, really seem to, to give a shit how, how much they got beat by. But it doesn't really matter. Like you said, it only is going to come down to just one loss on their column. And when you go down 30 at the mid-third quarter, you're tr- it's trash minutes. That's Everybody else was playing in the game. Coffee got time. Terrence Mann, who I think they're going to play a little more. I, I like Terrence Mann a, a, a lot. Uh, but, yeah, trash minutes. I'm not taking anything away from it. I like the bounce back the following night. So I'm good with it. Yeah. And how how do you think the Clippers are doing in general right now? I mean, I know Kawhi's wearing his mask, and it's a weird he played mask. his first back, first game back, right? And how did he's, he do? He's played the last two games. Last two games. Uh, it's so it's funny because I was gonna bring this up to you. Like, you can tell like Kawhi's uncomfortable wearing the mask, and like simple things that like it's hard to dribble. You do, it's hard to see like your feet, and uh, you can tell that he's having a hard time dribble. Like his first shot was 
way off. You right. Know? But I think they, I think we look fine. Like I love Ibaka the way he's coming out. Zubak has been playing really well. I love him coming off the bench. And I've seen a lot of um, uh, Reggie getting more Reggie Jackson getting more like in a rhythm in a groove. He can be very deadly. He can mm-hmm. on on certain nights. Like he there's things he can do. He gets to the rack easy. Uh, he's got a lot of shimmy in his game too. Yeah. Um, I think we're gonna find a lot of time for him. Uh, coming off the bench, but we haven't seen Marcus Morris yet. Um, and I'm, I'm a little concerned with, I think we talked about on the last pod, like I like Batum starting. I really do. And I think there'd be more firepower coming off the bench with Lou and Marcus and Zubaka. And then, uh, did you, did did you see the name of my fantasy team, by the way? Uh, yeah. Remind me again. Mibaka. S Zubaka. There it is. Okay, tell me that's not great. That's funny because I was and I did make that up. I asked people to help me out, but that one works. Nice. Um, I'm just really I I like what we're doing right now. I didn't uh, you know it's a long season. We play Phoenix tomorrow. That's a big one. It's a big one. And I went on the live the other night. Um, Coach Ricardo, cool dude. He hopped on and asked my feelings on the next five games because we do have a tough five games coming up. And of course, what did I say? What did you say? Five and zero. Oh. Like we're going to be five and zero, oh. <laughs> and we already took the L against Utah. Yeah, start off with a loss. Already took an L. But Phoenix is the team that you have been talking about as well. They're five and one right now, um, and yeah. it's it's wild how just one player one player can change a whole franchise. One like specific player in Chris Paul, he's the piece that they need needed, and they're just thriving. Last night was his second game where he closed out a game. Yeah, like game winning shot. Right. Yeah, and they're beating teams like I mean they beat Denver mm-hmm. last night is the game you're referring to by three points, and that's those are the games those close games that bad teams tend to lose, and that's what really makes a season like it really can make you a playoff contender is if those coin flip games you come up you know uh, winning more than losing. I mean, and and granted Denver's a hell of a, a team and they're struggling right now. They're at the bottom. They only have one win. I think they have they're one in four mm-hmm. their record. So that's a little bit surprising, but they've taken some really kind of close. Mm-hmm losses in, in some of these games and they've also been blown out but uh, sticking with the suns they it, it, they were just waiting for this like they tried their best to to make this happen with rubio and you can see rubio even helped them get to like the next level and now chris is even taking that one step further like this is tremendous you, now booker has a, a secondary option uh in those closeout games if he's getting doubled chris can take the shot um the only thing that I'm a little concerned with his Aiton seems to be getting into foul trouble really quick all the time in the first quarter, first half. And if they're going to be good for the entire season, he's got to be on the floor a lot more. I think there needs to be more consistency with the refereeing again. Well, we talk about this every season, and a lot of people are saying that the reason there's so many teams getting blown out is because the games are officiated weird. You know? Yeah. Like sometimes those those uh, DeAndre Aiton fouls, you know, once your center's gone, once your second best player's gone, then you can thrive and, and, and go up 25 at one point. So right. I have a question for you, though, like back to Denver. Uh, do you think Murray peaked in the bubble? Because he's been having a really slow start right now. And we see, a, you know, we saw him in the bubble. He was fantastic. Uh, and again, we are only six games into this season, but he's having a really slow start. Yeah, I think so. I mean, in the game that that they lost against the Suns that we're talking about, Murray had 31 points, mm. five assists, four boards, two steals. Good game. Uh, yeah, he was four of eight from three. Uh, he only got to the free throw line three times, but made all his free throws. I do think for for Jamal, I do think that he's kind of seems to be a really streaky guy. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe you know, hopefully, this kind of a performance where he plays well, even though they lost 
can get his motor going. But I do think, like we've seen it throughout the league where we, I mean, we're going to touch on the majority of the teams that we didn't talk about um, last pod with the Christmas Day slate. But even like the Nets have dropped games that we didn't expect against the Hawks and, and against the Hornets. And I think, you know, these first 10 games, it's really kind of an extended preseason for me. Like everyone's getting used to being on their new squads. Most teams have a lot of new additions except for just a few. And a lot of teams are experiencing playing without fans too because not everybody went to the bubble. Exactly. And all of that as well as like the travel, the, like the new scheduling, I think all that's playing into this weird start. And I think a lot of teams are sluggish to start or have been tripped up, like just like the Clippers and just like the Nets, like I mentioned. The Lakers have lost a game to Portland that they should have won. Like it's just everything's warming up. These first 10 games really, if you're a fan of your team and, and you're sitting there and you're a son's fan right now at five and one you're going we're the best team in the league maybe maybe not you know Mm -hmm. you know it's so so early and denver we know is not going to be on the bottom of the west for this entire season back to murray we've we've seen spans in his career where you know whether it's a matter of two or three games or seven or eight where he's just off and then we also see you know those moments in, in the bubble where he just goes insane uh so i think it's too early to say that he's peaked he's so freaking young i think i think he's like 23 or 24 uh, so far be it for me to say that we've seen the best of Jamal Murray. I just think in order for players to take that next step in general, it's about being great consistently. And that's every every great player struggles with that at one point or another, and you have to kind of combat that. And I think I think he will. I think this season he's going to be exactly what we thought he would be. Um, now, I guess certain certain people have bigger expectations for Jamal than I do. I don't think he's necessarily going to be an all-star. I think the West is really stacked again in, mm-hmm. in, for the all-star position. I don't think he's going to be that good, but I think he can be a 20 point a game guy for the season. I think he should be. So I guess if you're, if you're thinking that he's, you know, going to challenge for MVP or make some sort of first team all NBA run, then yeah, you'd be a little disappointed with how he started, but I just don't see it that way. What do you think about your Lakers right now? You're standing at four and two as well. Yeah. And you have any concerns right now? No, I actually really like the way that Gasol's playing. I know that's one of the big things that we talked about in the first couple pods was whether or not he would fit and whether or not I'm happy with him. And I think we're seeing just the time and space again as, as he starts to know the plays better and where you know LeBron's going to cut, where AD's going to be, with like where to screen. You still like him starting? Yeah, I do. I do. I just I, I don't want to start Trez. I think Trez really gives us uh, you know some great stuff coming off the bench the same way he did for you guys. Um, I don't want you to talk about Trez. I know that. But what I mean by that also is like we we also know that Anthony Davis isn't thrilled with playing center. So I think, again, to try and appease AD, even though we locked him up and we got the big deal, um, you know, if, if he's telling you I don't want to start at center, then fucking start Marcus Gasol. We're fine. Like, it'll be fine. Um, and then crunch time, I still think we're kind of toying with what our best five is now. I know a lot of the time, especially in that Portland game, uh, we were playing Trez and AD together. I do think it's going to be matchup based more more so than than just having a, like a standard five. six seven eight guy. Right? Yeah, I just I do think because you know it was very clear in in last season that Trez certainly has some weaknesses in guarding bigger guys. So I don't want to leave Trez out to dry and and then also have to force AD to get in foul trouble or something like that if we're taking on you know Nurkic. I would rather have Gasol play Nurkic mm-hmm. or Jokic. And I do think that's where Gasol is going to come in handy for us. It's these kind of skilled big men that Gasol can really impact with his defense. And he does, he fouls, he has, he, he commits really smart fouls right. when he, when he's out of position. 
Um, and he had to play a, a couple sequences over these last few games where he's blocked shots and, you know, immediately turned and led the break. And uh, he's had some really great backdoor cut passes that he's made from the top. So I just, I really like the way that he plays. He's a smart enough guy. Yes, we're not getting Pete Marcus no. uh, but I think, you know, he's, he's definitely contributing what we need to. Um, and his play for us is going to be massive down the stretch. So I, 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 I like his minutes now and I have no problem with that. I do think I am a little nervous about the fact that Trez is our backup center, if I have to be honest. And I'm a little upset with our, our guard rotation right now. So specifically within that Portland game, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we, we just beat San Antonio back to back in San Antonio. Those were fun games and they, they got, you know, San Antonio's got an exciting core of, of young guys, obviously. Young athletic dudes. Yeah. And they're fun to watch. Uh, but we took care of business in both those games as expected. But this Portland game is a game that we lost, and that's why I'm kind of focusing on that is because we should have we should have closed that game out. And whether it was due to COVID or some other injuries, in that Portland game, Vogel was relying on Schroeder for way too many minutes. Schroeder did great in that game. Statistically, he was a really great offensive game. Um, I think defensively he did okay as well. But in that late third, early fourth quarter, he was visibly tired. Schroeder was. He was huffing and puffing, and that's really when the game turned. Now, granted, that was also combined with uh, Gary Trent just firing he the went rock. Off, boy. Yeah, he just shooting like lights out. Uh, so it coincided. Um, but he also like Schroeder being tired, turned the ball over, took a couple bad shots, mm -hmm. and then didn't get back and wasn't in position defensively, and that changed the game. And all we need is. Caruso to come in or Quinn, he didn't play right Quinn Cook yeah and Caruso didn't play minute again I, it could have been due to COVID it's hard to tell mm -hmm. when players are out from COVID or some other ankle injury right now so I know that Caruso may have been unavailable in that game but having Quinn Cook or just having KCP run point and having Schroeder sit for just two minutes mm -hmm. let him catch his breath and then come back in um, I think that could have been big and so I do think as much as you know, uh, I'm I'm quite happy with the way that things are going for us. LeBron, I haven't talked about LeBron or Anthony Davis that much because they're just doing exactly doing what I'm expecting right. and what we all assume they would. They're just amazing players. Um, so I just I think Vogel needs to kind of hone in on that and and hopefully, as as good as Shooter has been, we we need to let him get into the season a little bit. He hasn't started too many games in his career since being in Atlanta. Uh, and now we're playing him 40 minutes a game. It's mm. like, okay, let's pump the brakes. We need Schroeder to be good also at the end of the season. Mm. Um, and so anyway, I, I'm, I'm quite happy with, with the Lakers' start, and I think we're, we're looking quite strong. There's some other teams you want to talk about that we, that we didn't get to touch on on the last show. Yeah. And we've had a few surprises. Like, Washington finally won a game. I'm so happy they won a game. But my call of them being a playoff team, again, this is very early, but they're not looking good. That's and true. I, and, and Westbrook's putting up crazy numbers, right? Well, their first win came with Westbrook on the bench. So Westbrook didn't play, and that's the game that they ended up winning. Uh, but it was against Minnesota, who right. I we also have to mention Carl Anthony Towns. If, 21, if 2020 wasn't good enough, he dislocates his wrist in one of the last mm -hmm. remaining games in the year of 2020. He's going to be out for a while. Luckily, it's not broken. I heard that, it, so it's relatively good news. But that was a really odd injury. Well, he tried to when he fell. He tried right. to brace the fall, which is you're supposed to do. It's a natural reaction. Right, it's a natural reaction, but when you're 260 pounds, yeah, it makes it difficult. Right. So, <clears throat> yes, the, the Wizards got a win without Westbrook, but it was against one of the worst teams in the NBA, 
and with Carl Anthony Towns on it and without him, they're they're I would Even say worse. the worst. I think they're the worst team in the NBA. I really Carl like Anthony, Anthony Edwards though, dude. Like in his in the few games I've seen him, like he looks legit. Like his jumper's real nice. I asked our NBA guy about him too, and he's like, he's big. He can stroke it. It's he's just I don't I don't know about his personality. You know, I'm not a big personality guy with him. But that's their only bright spot that they have. D'Lo looks all right too, though. Yeah, he's he. They're just bad, bro. Have you fine. seen their bench, Drew? That's the that's the part that's really really tough to like. You know, can you pull up their bench? I have their the, their roster right okay. here. <laughs> it's, so in the game that they lost against the Wizards, mm-hmm. uh, Beasley had 21 points. Russell only had 14 on six of 16 shooting. Mm-hmm. Not great. Rubio had three points. Was one of four. Uh, Nas Reed is the guy that they're starting mm-hmm. now that uh, Towns is out, and he's doing okay. He had seventeen and six, but Anthony Edwards had seventeen points in this game. Um, it's just so Jarrett Culver, uh, Jordan McLaughlin, Ed Davis, my my white boy Jake Lehman out of Maryland and formerly of Portland is on there, and then Hernan Gomez. Uh, it's just it's it just bad, keeps dude. it just keeps getting worse. Right. Uh, anyway, so. Yeah, the Wizards got off to a really tough start. I thought their first game against Philly was a really good game for them. Uh, they they really pushed Philly, you know, and and it was a close game. Came down to the wire. I I they ended up losing by six points or something like that. But it it seemed like the momentum was there. Now you want to talk about a tough roster. I think as much as we love Russ going to the Washington Wizards, they are also quite thin on that team. Uh, for the Wizards, they. I like their starting five, though. Like, you know my feelings on Bertrands. Like, I really like him a lot. Yeah. Rui's back now. Finally, Rui's back, mm-hmm. which is big because they were starting um, our, the Lakers' former Isaac Bonga. And he's nice. <laughs> right. He actually looks okay. And so does Thomas Bryant, who was also a Laker. Uh, but it, it really is quite thin for them. I just, as much as we like Beal um, and Westbrook, who should do fine together, they seem like they're going to be able to play decently. And Avdia looks good. But then you're like, okay, Raul Neto, uh, Jerome Robinson, Ish Smith, Robin Lopez, Bertons is still coming off the bench for them right now. Um, and then, yeah, Moritz Wagner, like it, it That's really your boy Mo Wagner. I, I actually, I like Mo Wagner. He actually got a little bit bigger this year. He looks like he put in some some work. Maybe it's in the, the coaching though. Maybe it's Scotty Brooks. I just when, the the names of players that I just listed all played like 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and those are not good enough. Yeah, unfortunately, like all those players can do something good. Like Robin Lopez, decent defender, decent rebounder. Berton, Berton's decent, shoot, like good shooter. Right. Ish Smith is fine. I mean, the guy's been on like forty fucking teams he somehow. Has. He's played on every team. Jerome Robinson, young and up, up and comer. I I don't need to spend too much time well, on this, but I just think as much as we are hopeful that the Wizards should be you know in contention for the playoffs, and I think they will be at the end of the season. Someone's gonna have to step up on this roster and become, and we oh, hopefully that is Rui Hachimura because he is good. That guy's he I mean, is. he's a talented player, but someone else is gonna have to do something for them mm-hmm. on a nightly basis um, for them to be, you know, without Russ and Beal both scoring 30, in, 35 in, in the loss, right, and right. then and also having to win by you know two points mm-hmm. in those games. So I think, unfortunately, as much as we might have been excited about them, I think it it may be. It may be a little bit of a work in progress. I would just want them to get the play in. I want them to make it to the play in now. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking away the playoff berth, and I just want the play in. Right. So a couple of the teams um, that we haven't talked about, I, I do want to touch on Memphis. John Morant went down with a grade two ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. He was playing amazing before that, but they have started out a little bit slow. Memphis two and three. 
with losses most recently against Boston and Charlotte. And I think both those games, Ja was out for. Jaron Jackson's still out. When that team is healthy, Ja's only supposed to be out for, you know, uh, like four or five weeks. Sprains like are tough. Like right. sometimes if when they're bad, like you'd rather – I remember when I, I've done a few – and my doctor said, you're going to wish you would have broke this, you know? Right. Because it, it would heal a lot better. But obviously, he has the best care in the world. And hopefully, he is back by, you know, February? Uh, well, so, yeah. It's, it, they said anywhere from three to five weeks is mm-hmm. what I saw. But, you know, more likely than not, you're not going to rush him back on this. So, you want to make sure that he's And you don't want to watch a Memphis game without Jaw playing either. Though. Exactly. So Especially just... without Jaron Jackson. Right. I, I think Justice Winslow still isn't there yet. So, like... I think when that team all is back, they're they're going to be exciting, and and they've already had some some pretty decent performances thus far. Um, so yeah, we just you know big up for Jaw. We're looking forward to seeing him play with Jaron Jackson mm-hmm. again and have that team actually be fully healthy. Um, all right, some of the other teams that we haven't touched on in the West: Sacramento off to a pretty fun start, three and two. They beat they're the only team that beat the Phoenix Suns thus far that's mm-hmm. played them, um, and they had a close game a little buzzer beater well, uh, healed got it right yeah healed but he healed got it um after what's their record right now the, they're three and two right uh, they just took a loss a three-point game to houston they lost by three um in a game where harden had a pretty good game 33 points and john wall had nine assists okay so all of them played john wall boogie and harden and Christian Wood, like, they look like a good basketball team. If Harden should buy in with Houston, okay? Fuck the Toronto thing. I don't think he should go anywhere. I think they have a really good team. If I mean, running with Christian Wood there and a healthy John Wall, who, again, looks extremely explosive. He was getting to the rack, getting any bucket he wanted. He shot well from three the other night. And those blue jerseys didn't look as bad as I thought they would look. You know, it's very confusing though. It when is. I see them in blue, I'm like, wait, I, I, it takes my brain a second to yeah. figure out what team it it's is. It's so weird. You were talking about Sacramento, and you're right; they are fun and exciting. And like, two guys, one guy I really wanted on my fantasy team was Colin Sexton from Cleveland, because I think he's going to have a really good year. But I ended up, I couldn't get him, so I got De'Aaron Fox, right? And he's great; like, he's a good pickup for these guys. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with them. Sacramento, I want to watch. Yeah. Sacramento, if they can buy in and all play some defense and, and of course, you know, avoid injury, if Bagley can still keep playing and, you know, Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald, these are, these are all good, you know, players. I think the most fun um, aspect about Sacramento is they, they really seem fine. Like when I've watched them play thus far, everyone seems to be kind of playing hard and, and somewhat excited um, and I, you have to mention Tyrese Halliburton, mm-hmm. the, the rookie. He is legit, like ready to go. I'm not sure why he fell as far as he did. The sh- um, they say the shot, like the stroke. Yeah, the stroke. He hit a he hit a really ridiculously deep three mm-hmm. um, in in one of the games that I saw him. They playing him at point guard. They so they play him at point, and mm-hmm. they also run him off De'Aaron Fox. He mm-hmm. plays together. Um, so he, but he's just. He's a basketball player. Mm-hmm. You can see, like he's he, he's not backing down from anything. He wants the ball. He's actively looking for a really great pass, which he actually he's quite a good passer, a good ball handler. Um, that guy is very exciting, and I think Sacramento seems to like believe that they actually have some stuff going on that they can make a run this year and actually be a playoff team that they they haven't been in you know forever. If they're buying into what Luke is selling, Luke Walton is selling in the in the locker room. They're going to be a fun team, without a doubt. So uh, I know we touched on Houston a little bit, and 
They've only played three games thus far. They're the only team that hasn't played at least five. How does that work out? Because the the postponement oh. um, of their first game, their opening game, got postponed. Um, and they're one and two. They got they did get a win, like I mentioned, uh, three point victory over Sacramento, uh, but took L's to Portland and Denver. If you're a Houston fan, you you just have to hope that, like you said, James Harden just goes, okay, let's just play. Like let me just play here. Like why why would I leave? Like this is my team. The people in Houston love him. Uh, I don't know if that's still the case, but, you know, based on how many times he's asked to leave. But your Christian Wood, John Wall, this team that they have with still they still got PJ in there. This is this can be a a, a good playoff team. Now I think what James is looking for and, and what we touched on a little bit is the fact that maybe he doesn't think that this is a championship caliber team, and I would tend to agree with him, but. Who knows, man? This is going to be a weird year. Yeah, like, and you're in, but if you go to Toronto, you're not a championship team either. And if well, it, Boston, I guess, is the is the potential spot. Well, for they him. said again, but then you'd have to you got to give up Jalen Brown, who's playing really well, right? And way more than that. And I just don't see Houston getting any better getting rid of James Harden. You know, and I'm watching them. I watched their game the other night. Him and Christian Wood, they got like four alley-oops, right? Like James was actually passing the rock. And Christian Wood is really good. We've mentioned his name a lot on our pod the past couple weeks because I didn't get to see him a lot in De- in Detroit, right? Yeah. And his numbers weren't jumping off the board at all. But he's really talented for a big man like that. And if and Harden plays well with him, you know? Yep. So if you have a healthy and good John Wall with a healthy James Harden who you know dropped 44 the other night, after, you know, hasn't even played basketball in two weeks and or in a week and just goes out and drops buckets. And a healthy Christian Wood with your Eric Gordons and your P.J. Tuckers. And, uh, you know, I think they, they're a really good basketball team. Yeah, I think you're right. Harden I mean, has to buy in. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like, I think everyone's on the Houston side is just going, please, just 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 play. Right. Like, just hunker down and play the season and see what happens. Because, um, like I said, it, this is it. it's not going to go to plan. The season is not going to be... I, I I assume you just got to assume based on the COVID thing that it's just not going to roll out like we all expect. There's going to be bumps in the road for every team. And who knows if Houston's there, you know, in the they can make it to the Western Conference semifinals where there's four teams left. Fucking anything can happen. Right. So I just I, I do think I think it's starting to really get old uh, for the hardened trade rumors. The hard, hardened trade rumors. It has to be getting old in that locker room. It has to be getting old. Uh, from a Houston uh, fan perspective, um, I'm tired of hearing about the speculation. I'm myself, tired of talking about it. But they're as they're constructed right now, they're a fun team yeah. to watch. More fun than I than I expected. Um, than than they have been in previous years to watch. I've I've actually Christian Wood. We're we're gonna keep saying his mm-hmm. name. Uh, that guy could be the number one spot for most improved this year if he keeps going this rate. And you're right. It's great to see John Wall play again. I think maybe that's Two what I'm feeling. Two years, John or it, Drew. Yeah, he's he's playing great. He like, looks great. He does. I know that he had to take a pause from from COVID stuff too, that wasn't tied to James Harden, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Very. Um, but anyway, it's great to see him out there and doing his thing. Houston, I think, is is going to be there if James Harden is there. They're going to be in the playoff. Is Houston better than Dallas? Right now, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the way that that Houston can score from so many different players and you look at Dallas really only has Luca putting up big numbers. Richardson's fine. He can get into the twenties. Um, but outside of those two, you know, who else is putting the ball in the bucket for them? Trey Burke can, sure. but, but that's my point. Mm-hmm. Like once Porzingis comes back, then it's another conversation. But right now mm-hmm. I think Houston is a better team 
than Dallas is. Um, think Houston's better than Denver? I think they're playing better than Denver yeah, right now. I mean, are. so they Denver beat them. The mm-hmm. one win that Denver has is over Houston. Um, hmm. So I, I, I think Denver is certainly, in, in my eyes, second or third best team in the West. Behind, Even at one and four behind the right Lakers. now? Yes, yeah. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has had a couple 30-point games already. Um, Fantasy team. Yep, and and Jokic looks locked in. Like we talked about Murray being kind of up and down. Once everyone settles in, it, it is going to be about defense for them because Jeremy Grant did pick up a lot of slack defensively for that team last year, and they have Will Barton there back now uh, with Gary Harris. So they still have some defensive players on, on Denver, but I do think their defense has to step up. Mm-hmm. And specifically, Michael Porter Jr., if he's going to be playing as much as he is, he has to do better defensively. So I do think that they're just trying to get used to him getting as much run. Well, he asked for this. This is what he wanted, right? You wanted to get and minutes. And he's performing well. Yes. I, think he's, I think he's doing a good job. But I, it's it defensively is the issue for, for Denver. Right he's now. a great trade piece, too, if they wanted to. I wouldn't do it. I would hold on to MPJ stock for sure. Right. But he could be a nice trade piece if they're lacking something by trade deadline. Like if, if their record isn't great and you can get some good assets for Porter, I wouldn't want to get, I wouldn't give him up though. Would you? It would have to be something really special. Right. And, and something that they really liked because mm-hmm. he is one of the best, brightest young, young stars in the mm-hmm. NBA without a doubt. He'll like, be an all-star. He'll yeah. be an all-star at some point. Yes. Uh, not this year. No. I, no, 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 but he'll be an all-star I, at some point. Yeah. If he keeps going this way, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's putting up 30 point games. He's going to, yeah, he's going to draw some attention. Uh, moving to the East, a team that we have to talk about is the Tampa Bay Raptors, really <laughs> s- struggling right now. And this one in three record, really, to me, quite honestly, seems to be pretty accurate and not like an overreaction. They're not very good this year. I think, no, they're not. And I just think it's a lot of weight. We're seeing that, like, Pascal is a really good player, but he cannot be your main guy. Okay. He's just not the guy. And if he has to, and Van, Van Vliet's good, Lowry's good. They're just they're struggling to score. Yeah. And I mean the last in their last two games they scored 83 points and a loss to the Knicks. Ugh. And 93 points and a loss to the Sixers. Ugh. They're just not scoring the ball. Right. And so all of the progress that we saw in Pascal Siakam seems to have halted. Like the next step for him was always going to be, okay, now you're the number 1 scorer. They you're, thought they had Kawhi. Like, oh, we lost Kawhi but we got Pascal. That's what I said right. because of his progress. It was only natural for him to take the next step. And he did partially. Like, he, he upped his scoring once Kawhi left. But now it's like, okay, now go get our buckets. Like, we need you to be scoring 25 points a game. And it's just not happening. He scored 20 in that game that, that I'm talking about against the Sixers in that loss. So he, he can still make a bucket. But when, as a team, when you're not breaking 100 points in the NBA, mm. that's not good. It's they not They need okay. a Harden guy. So... <laughs> They're a team, they're a trade destination team. So, like, they're a team that we talk about trade pieces. People have trade pieces that could, you know, like Michael Porter Jr. For Siakam? Something. Something that. like that. Like, uh, you know, I always think about the unhappy stars that are on these relatively bad teams. Like, Detroit is terrible. So, yeah. like, you know, Derek Rose can get you a bucket. Blake Griffin can get you a bucket. Uh, you know, there's just, there's, there's teams out there. You know, Sabonis and Turner seem to be playing pretty well together already. Sabonis is a beast and, and is killing it. one of the best players in the NBA thus far this season. Turner's averaging five blocks a game. Turner is a monster. Why do people defensive. hate him so much? I don't know. But what I'm saying is, like, Toronto is definitely a team that should be looking mm-hmm. for an unhappy star, right? Harden to Toronto, probably not going to happen. But there's there's definitely pieces out there that they can go grab uh, to make this team 
better offensively and defensively. I mean, defensively they're okay um, because they, they, they know their system well and the players know their roles well. But either somebody is going to have to step up massively, and I'm hoping that it's Van Vliet and Siakam for them. But if it's not, like OG, OG Ananobi is going to have to be a 22-point-a-game mm-hmm. scorer, and I don't think he's there yet. No. So that to me was, I think, maybe the most shocking uh, of the teams that have been poor is because they legitimately look like their record dictates right now, one in three. Um, the next, the next Siakam to Denver for Porter. Siakam would be a really good fit in Denver in their system, and Porter in Toronto would be exactly what they would need for scoring. I like that. Sorry, I was just I was just thinking about that. Mm-hmm. That that works. It does. So the teams that are fun to talk about that we haven't. Charlotte. We got to mention Charlotte. Lamelo's finally coming through. Lamelo had a, a nice stretch of games there. Charlotte is is two and three with a big win against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, most recently, they lost to a Memphis Grizzlies team that shouldn't have beat them. But uh, more than Lamelo. I, I do want to mention, I think Gordon Hayward is having a, a nice is. start to this season. He is. It's it's not, you know, whatever, $40 million a year nice, but it's nice. He's playing well. Did you see them in their Buzz City jerseys on that floor? Yeah. That shit looked dope. Yeah. I loved it. They looked really fly. Yeah. Hayward, so this season, he's averaging 18-5-5. Five and five. And really in on this team, I think the most surprising thing is I thought LaMelo was going to be given the John ja Morant treatment and he's coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is sticking with Terry and Devonte as they're starting backcourt. Um, and in that game against the Nets, Terry had the nice poster against KD. Oh, he had a good one. Crazy nice dunk. Oh, he did. He um, caught him. And really the fact that Charlotte is letting LaMelo come off the bench is a move that I didn't expect them to make. And it's a good move. It, it's showing the faith that they have. In Terry and Devontae. They're also committed financially to both those guys, too. So, like, they, they have good money. I don't think – I think LaMelo can take one of their spots, though, at some point. Well, I think it's it's really interesting because they, they – sometimes they'll leave LaMelo out there with those two guys. Usually he comes in for one of those. So he's playing either alongside Terry or Devontae. Um, yeah, but you can't have sometimes, all three. Sometimes they do because LaMelo is 6'8". Now, we – I think the funniest thing is watching LaMelo try to play defense. Uh, it is, it's pretty funny, but his hands dude are quick. Mm-hmm. He's getting like those little steals deflections. Uh, his passing ability is everything that we were advertised. It would be mm-hmm. um, Charlotte is to me. I think they're between the wizards and Charlotte. And I didn't have this going in, but after these few games, Charlotte to me seems like the better team over the Wizards. And oh, I, I'd hope so. Yeah. I definitely. didn't I didn't think that was necessarily going to be the case. No, you wouldn't when you say Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, you expect, you know, you expect to be better than they are. Yeah. So I I did want to touch on them. They yeah. had they've had some fun moments. They've also had some really bad moments like losing by 15 to Memphis without John Morant. Uh but that's going to be their season. They're going to have these really big peaks and valleys, I think. Uh, but if they're going to actually kind of give LaMelo the space to develop and come off the bench, I do think that's going to be better for them in the long run because if we're talking about trade pieces, like having Devontae and Terry Rozier advertised as mm-hmm. legitimate starters, if you want to trade one of those guys to make room for LaMelo and bring in somebody different, like a big man that they could possibly need, um, that's definitely a viable option for them, I think, too. Well, there was trade rumors in the offseason about Rozier coming to the Clippers. Yeah. We were taking a hard look at him. And again, I'm sticking by 
by Pat Bev right now, who's shooting really well. So I'm glad we didn't make that move. But you're right. Three having three guards on the team, one of them can go. Yeah, and it's not going to be Lamelo. Now, other than that, there's been a couple surprises. Uh, you have to start with Atlanta being four and yeah. one. Surprising start for that team. Um, they beat the Nets as well. So that's another team that has put beat up 140 on Brooklyn, them. and that was the game that they lost. Right. So they lost a game that was 145 to 141. And that's the shit I was talking about, Atlanta needing to play some sort of defense. But then the next game, it was 114 to 96, and they beat Brooklyn in that one. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie played in both games. And uh, John, like the, so the, the Trey Young-John Collins connection seems to be hit, hitting home mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but DeAndre Hunter had 23 points in, in the game that they beat the Nets, the 114 and 96. And if that kid can find that sort of rhythm – for them, mm-hmm. not twenty three a night. He's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. But hey, give me fifteen. He's a give small me, forward right. in this league. You need your small forward to be able to score twenty every so often and put the ball on the floor and shoot a little bit. Uh, let me see what he. Yeah, he was nine of ten in this game. Damn, uh, three of four from three um, and with six boards. So you know that's the sort of stuff where if if they can get him and Cam Reddish. And Bogdanovich, who's been a little hot and cold to start the season, Very. if they can get all of them settled in, as well as Danilo, and and they they do have listen all the names you're saying, they have they depth. Got a squad, yeah, they, they have depth. If but that's only if Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter are playing well. Mm-hmm. That's when and Bogey is playing well. Like if that's when that depth looks good when they're playing good. Mm-hmm. But when they're shit, it's like oh man, they're pretty thin, right? So they're going to be relying on these fringe guys to get them over the hump. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as the guys that they brought in to to really step up, they certainly can be a playoff team. Um, I didn't necessarily think that was going to be the case for them. I still think there's a chance that this can go really sideways as well. Uh, but for the for the time they being, they have too much talent to go sideways, though, Drew. I really think so. For the time being, they're uh-huh. looking quite good at four and one. Um, at you know, right now they're they're tied for first essentially. With Philly, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it there's no undefeated teams left in the NBA. Everyone has at least one loss in the in the East. The last team that I was going to mention um, was Philadelphia. In the East, we didn't talk about Orlando or Indiana. We did a little bit. Shout about out to Markel Fultz, though he's balling right now. Markel Fultz, Cole Anthony's looks all right. Mm-hmm. He, he's a little hot and cold. Uh, but Orlando's four and one. Indiana four and one. Atlanta four and one. All three of those, I'm surprised that that they had this start to the season. Uh, but Philly four and one is right Sounds where they right. right where they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I touched on it at the very end of, of last pod, but Joel Embiid is in shape. I've asked him, as as all of us have for his entire career, to to finally just focus in on the offseason, come back ready to play. And he's done that. And he looks great. Um, I You know, in the game that they beat, they just beat Orlando. So Orlando was one of those undefeated teams, one of the last undefeated teams, just lost to the Sixers. Uh, he had 21-9. and nine in 26 minutes Mm -hmm. and that's cash i mean that's really all you need he was 7 of 11 from the free throw line that could be a little bit better oh no excuse me he was 7 11 from the floor only 11 shots uh and six of eight from the free throw line but he just looks he looks like everyone's wanted him to finally uh we know how dominant he can be offensively he's huge he's massive he's very skilled uh, if you can finally get some rhythm with him and now this you know this new offense with seth curry and Simmons in that game, that same game, had nine points, ten rebounds, eight assists in twenty-four game. minutes. Right. It's, it's like the standard. Simmons Why is he only playing game. twenty-four though? 
Well, this was kind of a blowout. They oh. won by 24. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of rested them towards the end. But if you're a fan of the Sixers, this has got to fill your heart with hope. And this, to me, is, is like I said, just the way that that record feels right about Toronto being as bad as mm-hmm. they are. This, to me, seems right about Philly being as good as they are right now and potentially reaching that next level that we've all kind of waited for them to be able to hit. They need to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what they need Definitely, to Definitely, without a doubt. And they could win it They, from a matchup standpoint. Like, they match up against everybody. If you saw the Lakers in the finals, Philly-Lakers, like, the matchup is really good. That would be an awesome finals. Right. It's it would. A, it would. You have Ben Simmons-LeBron. Mm-hmm. You have AD and, and, and Bede probably sometimes, but it would probably be Gasol and Bede for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, it That would be a lot of fun. It would. Too bad um, the Clippers are going to be there, though. So it would be Philly-Clippers. Good luck, buddy. Hey, what do you mean good luck? We look fine, dude. What? What's wrong with the clip? You tell me what's wrong with my Clippers. I don't. I didn't say anything was wrong. I, I'm getting really defensive right now. No, I see the fa- <laughs> your little smirk you're putting on your face. I said I. I agree that you guys look fine. I. I think you guys look fine. I don't think. Don't you play look, with your man bun while you're talking to me, bro. I don't think you guys look better than the Lakers. I think we do. I don't think you look better than us. I think we do. I don't think we do. Even just because my one, you're going to bring up the 50 point loss the whole time. It's just that one 50 point loss. Hey, bro, it happens. It's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those. No, things. I, I. I guarantee one of these nights the Lakers are going to get blown out by 30. It's just going to be sometimes a lot of teams are getting blown the fuck out yes and we started with that a little bit <laughs> right like, you know milwaukee got blown out uh miami got blown out it's gonna happen and and i honestly it doesn't really feel but the way that i kind of want to close this out is like regardless of your record right now it's five six games into a 72 game season we got a lot of of room to go a lot um and it, it just feels like exhibition right now the no fans it does, right it doesn't feel like the season has really started and so there's going to be a lot of games where the players are just like eh, i don't know if i'm there tonight and and that's that's shown up already so i just i really do hope that soon some fans can get back there all you know some I know, places are though yeah right certain places you, you know that the, the game. you know our dishes and dimes girls and our boy alex kennedy who lives in tampa uh, been trying to get tickets. Like you can't get tickets to the games. There, there's a, a, a select amount of tickets you can get, and um, he can't even he can't even get tickets. And he writes for the NBA, right? So in Tampa, they're letting people in, and I think in New in in um, New Orleans they are, and yep. I, and I think oh, Memphis pulled out. Memphis was going to be one of the teams, right? But yes, you're right. I'd like to see some fans in it the would, stands. I just I think it's going to mean a lot to the intensity of the of the games, and and. Regardless of fans or not, as the season progresses, we're going to get you're going to start getting into the rhythm as players and you, the intensity is naturally going to increase. But it really has started on cruise control this season. So, again, overreaction week always happens. That's fine. That first week of the season, first five, five to ten games are always going to be, oh, my God, Luca, Luca can't hit a three. Um, the Nets Oubre's are horrible. The Nets are the best team we've ever seen. Oh my God, they just lost to one of the worst teams that you know, we Golden have. Golden State the dynasty's over. So it's it's all that stuff. They should have stayed in Oakland. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I think that, that that might be true. They should have stayed in Oakland. But anyway, it's just I, I I'm excited about it. the The season has started. It's it's fun to watch, but it doesn't have the same feeling. So I'm hoping that as the season goes. That intensity will. Pick I think up. it will. Yeah, I think it will. I'm again like same thing that happened in the bubble. I'm not even noticing the no fans. I'm watching the game and they they do the sound so well. Yeah, like even the ebb and flows of the game, like you know, with the with the fans cheering, like if if, if somebody dunks it, you hear a big roar from the cloud. Right. Like I think it's pretty good. I'm not even noticing that, but yes, I would love for fans to be back. It just brings. It, they interviewed Zubak and they asked him about it. And he's all, "Let me tell you, dude." 
he didn't say dude, but he said, let me tell you, it's way better when fans are there yeah. <laughs> because yeah, it, no, it's true. It has to be way better. Uh, I think the last thing I want to bring up is, is I know we've talked about the Nets quite a bit, but Dinwiddie partially tears his ACL. We jinxed that. I think we did, man. And we were just talking about how he was, you know, fitting in really mm-hmm. you know, pretty well in his new role, trying to find his, his footing. And then he goes out with an ACL injury. That is not good for the Nets. No, because he was the prime trade piece and he's also a very talented player. So if you're not going to trade him, you want him to be on the floor. Um, now, you know, that, that I think almost immediately you have to put Karis LeVert in the starting lineup, which is fine. But then that, weakens their bench significantly this is a major injury Mm -hmm. for a team that if another very important player goes down for the nets like karis or like kd or Kyrie, that is going to be uh really difficult for them to overcome i think they're struggling defensively too like certainly they're giving up a lot of points and there is one i forget which game it was but like fourth quarter you know I think KD touched the ball. He got two shots in the fourth quarter. Kyrie was taking everything, you know? And if we're already seeing that this early, um, and you know both of us kind of want to see that implode over there. Like, I really want to see I kind of think a lot of people do. We do. And maybe that's okay. I asked earlier, why do people hate the Clippers? Like, why do people hate the – I like Brooklyn, okay? I like Kevin Durant. I like Kyrie Irving. But I also like storylines and just the narrative of Kyrie not being the player you want on your team. Um, it's going to be a big impact not having Spencer, though. Of course, and if, uh, you're totally right. Like he's kind of like, you know, he's that vet you want on your squad. Smart guy, makes right plays. Like good locker room guy. Probably a guy you definitely want in your locker room if there is some beef going on. You know, the guy to settle it, settle the beef he a little seems, bit. Yeah, he seems pretty level headed. Yes, uh, but defensively, Drew, I'm I'm a little like they're going to get their points. We know that. But when Atlanta is giving you 140 points, you know, and you have to score 145, shit. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's really difficult to tell that when the Nets played the Hornets, that's a big game that they lost because they weren't fucking excited for it. Right. Right. But when they play the Warriors or they're playing Boston, they're they're torching. They're, right. they're on it. And so I do think there's that that element of the preseason, you know, sort of kind of game that we're getting right now these games seem very preseasonish. i think that's indicative of that like same thing with losing to the hawks mm-hmm. it's like okay we're we're playing the hawks we should we should See, be fine. i don't think you're giving the hawks enough enough props. no i'm trying to give the hawks oh. props what mm-hmm. i'm saying is i think i think the nets come into that first game going we got this mm-hmm. we're gonna blow them out we're not gonna have to try very hard and then you know here comes the fourth quarter it's 140 to 140 and we have to squeak out a fucking crazy game and then they lose the next game. I just think that is going to be something that all teams have to overcome. It's like, do you want to go play in Detroit two nights in a row and, and stay in your hotel room from 72 hours? You, you're telling me you're going to be up for both of those games yeah, no. with no fans? Probably not. So those games might be see, a little wayward. Did you see what Houston put in the stands? Houston put legit fans in the stands. Oh, like, actual like fans. The actual fans. Yeah, fans yeah. in the stands. I thought that was really funny. funny. That's funny. Hey, answer this question, too. Like, how come the player – like, not every player on the bench wears a mask, and the coaches have to wear a mask. I think it would be so difficult for coaches to coach with, with a mask on. Very don't difficult. you think? Yeah, absolutely. And we can't read – like, Popovich got kicked out the other night. And I have, I, you, do, you don't get to see what he says. Right. I have no idea what's being said. Totally. I, I do think it's, it is odd that the coaches have to wear the masks. 
Right? Like, they're around their players all the time. The players, none of the players are wearing masks, of course. Right. Because right? you can't play basketball with a mask on your face. Um, I, it, it does seem to be weird. Like, I think, I think you're supposed to be wearing a mask if you're, not, if you're not in the game. Right. Or, like, if you're not, like, drinking water or something, mm-hmm. like, recovering. So, like, when LeBron comes out, I don't think he puts a mask on until he knows that he's going to be sitting for a while. Uh-huh. And even then, I'm not sure how much he wears a mask. It's just, I, I do think it is weird for everyone to, to like, have that. As soon as you come off the floor, it's like, oh, fuck, do I put on my mask? Am I good? Do I have to wear it? And then the fact that the coaches are, like, let the coaches wear the face shields. 100%. That's what they should do. Let them wear the face shields right. so that you can still see. Because, I mean, granted, when there's no fans, you can hear your coach whether or not he has a mask on. I guess you're right. Because there's nothing happening in the arena, um, but I do think I think they should just let him do the face shield thing. It would be the the best way to Smart go. Smart move, Drew. Yeah. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that'd be so much smarter. Let him do that. <laughs> put um, a little NBA logo on it. It'll yeah, look like a backboard. Some, yeah, but you could put the Hennessy. They're sponsored by Hennessy now. Put the Hennessy logo Done. in there. I, I don't like how Hennessy's a sponsor of the NBA. I love too. it. I think I it's a think. perfect match. Well, it is a perfect match. But they've damn, been an unofficial dude. sponsor for years. <laughs> We're gonna take him out. You know, my my guy came out with yet another album, dude. Lil Lil Dirk with his thirty seventh album Jeez. in two years. Uh, it's actually really good though. It's called The Voice. It's hot. Turn it up. Bang it. We're coming back this week uh, for the second week recap, of the or the third week recap of the NBA. Anyways, turn it up. Bang it. It's the follow through with clips and Drew and Kona, and we're ghosts. I was going through that pain alone. I was going through that phase alone. We all changed, you say I changed alone. Sleepless night, barely changing clothes. You know damn right you was wrong. I was tired, they didn't realize. Certain vibes, it don't feel right. Plenty nights, get me traumatized. Why they lie, I do love my guy. You looking crazy, no, the trenches raise me. I'm dirty, yo, what on Chicago Jay Z? And I was scared how that money made me I caught a vibe that they was looking crazy Money ran low, right? Fellas can't vote, right? I can't even vote for who I believe in, shit ain't going right I done drop a tear inside the funeral, ain't more right And I'm not in all the hoes I fuck, I blame the porn site Please don't turn away Talking to my dog, he be acting like he stuck. Favorite gun the block, it's filled up with a month. Throw it in their face every time I hold it up. Granny ain't feeling too well. Shoot out with the police, ain't going to jail. Hey, acting up a case, you ain't know if you tell. I know a nigga from the hood, he ain't serving on scale. Watch your bands make a play, I seen them score in the mail. Gave him 39 years, I heard him crying the shell. Even though I'm getting big, I brought a Mac to my Zell. Took a picture on my block, they think I'm back in the field. I'm supported by the streets and the people ain't